a special Christmas Eve broadcast. I'm broadcasting tonight from my home. I'm sure that you wish that we could all be together, that we could all sing songs together, that we could study scripture together. But because of what's happening with the coronavirus around the country and around the world, it's best that we just do this in our living rooms tonight. So I've invited you into my living room. And what we're going to do for a few moments is we're just going to sing some Christmas carols together. We're going to open up the Bible and we're going to study for a few moments the Christmas story. We're going to spend a couple of moments as a big family of faith taking communion together as God's sons and daughters all over the community, all over the country, and all over the world pause on Christmas Eve to remember the birth of God's Son, to remember the empty tomb when he came back out of the grave alive, but to spend a couple of moments reflecting on the death, the sacrifice for, of King Jesus. I want to begin tonight with a word of prayer. So right there in your living room, right around that tablet or right around that TV, would you just pause for a second and would you join me as we pray together and ask the Lord to minister to us as we come to worship him tonight. Let's pray. God in heaven, tonight all over our community, God, all over the United States, all over the world, your people are gathering together as families. They're coming together in living rooms. They're coming together in their homes and they're meeting together as families and they are opening the Bible and they're recognizing the greatest gift ever given when you gave yourself. And God, we're just asking that right now you would meet with us. And God, we're asking right now that you would help us for just a couple of moments as a family to worship together, to learn together, and to enjoy the fellowship that we will have with you as we commune with you in just a moment. God, we lift this service up to you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we've asked our friends Pete and Alicia to lead us as we sing a couple of Christmas carols together. And I want you right there in your living room to just go ahead and sing out the joy that we have as Christians as we adore him. Let's rejoice in the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is worthy of our praise. Let's sing a couple of songs together. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare. sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing joy to the world joy to the world the 
beautiful music, wasn't it? Hey, let's just spend a few moments as a family talking about the Christmas story, shall we? You probably heard this story. You probably heard it many times while you're growing up. If you're a parent, if you're a child, maybe it's your parents' tradition to sit down before you open gifts, to open up the Bible and to read from the book of Matthew or the book of Luke. You probably know the story of how an angel visited Mary, how an angel announced to Mary that she would be the one who would give birth to the Son of God, the child that humanity has been waiting for literally since Adam and Eve in the garden. Maybe you remember the story of Mary going on a journey to go meet with her much older uh, cousin, Elizabeth, who was also with child, Elizabeth, who was carrying John the Baptist. And when Mary met and hugged Elizabeth, John the Baptist, the Bible says, leapt with joy in the womb of Elizabeth. There was great joy on that Easter morning. Maybe you heard the stories of Joseph and the journey that he made to Bethlehem so that he could go and be counted in this famous Roman census. And while he was in the city of Bethlehem, now the time came for Joseph and Mary to have this baby. And the Bible tells us that Mary's was, the, the time of her pregnancy was complete and she was ready to have the child. Well, I want to pause for just a second at this point in the story. And I want to point out something that you probably already noticed, but let's focus on for just a second. When Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem, there was no room for them. And so they had that baby in a stable where animals feed. And they laid that child after having the baby Jesus, the most important child ever to be born in human history. Instead of being born in a castle or born in a palace, he was born in a stable. Instead of being laid in a... Um, in a bed or being laid in a bassinet, he was laid in a feeding trough that's called a manger. Did you know that when Joseph was in Bethlehem, all of Joseph's family was in Bethlehem. Everybody that was close to Joseph was also in Bethlehem. They all had to go there because of the Roman census. And did you also know that in Jewish culture many years ago, they didn't have hotel rooms. 
Families were expected to stay with each other when they traveled through. It was unheard of for a family member to pass through, and if they came to your door, it would be unheard of in Joseph and Mary's day for you not to open your door and provide them a place to stay. Even if you had to give up your own bed, you would have provided them a place to stay. I want to take this a step further. Did you also know that because all of Joseph's family was in Bethlehem, because of the census, did you also know that in Joseph's day, when you went to knock on a family member's door, they would have cleared room for you no matter what the circumstances, and it was considered a great offense. You would have been considered a social outcast if you turned your family away. So when the Bible tells us that Mary and Joseph are in Bethlehem, that she's just about ready to have a baby, and when the Bible says that there's no room for them, it's not really talking about the local motel with a flashing no vacancy sign. What the Bible is really saying is that nobody wanted Mary and Joseph in their house. Nobody was willing to open the doors to Mary and Joseph. Joseph's own family wouldn't open the doors. I was just reading a book called An Honest Advent this week, and I stumbled across this idea that when Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem, Joseph's own family wouldn't open the doors to him. No one in town would open the doors. And so Joseph and Mary had to go to a stable, have this child where the animals sleep, and lay this child where the animals eat. I think it's incredible to think that Mary and Joseph were basically outcasts by their own family. You see, they weren't just in town for a day or two. They were in town for a period of time that would have allowed for all of the Roman census and really for all of the people there to include Joseph to pay the taxes that were due to Rome. So there was certainly ways for Joseph's family to find room for this couple. And then it caused me to start thinking, maybe Joseph's family didn't believe Joseph when he said, an angel appeared to me. I was ready to put Mary away because we were engaged and I found out she was already pregnant. And But before I could divorce her, an angel appeared to me and an angel told me that this child is a miracle. This child is the son of God. Maybe Joseph's family didn't believe that. And so when Mary and Joseph showed up, instead of throwing their doors open and rejoicing and welcoming him in, they shut the doors on him. And they told him, we don't have any room for you. And Joseph and Mary ended up having this child in a manger. And do you know who really missed out on the joy of celebrating the birth of Christ that night in Bethlehem? Joseph and Mary's family missed out because they didn't believe that this really was the Son of God. But God, when he brought forth his son, he wanted it to be a party. He wanted people to rejoice. And so the angels, Luke chapter 2 tells us, show up 
in the fields right outside of where Joseph and Mary had this baby. The angels said, I want people to enjoy the birth of this son. And so in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says this. But the angels said to some shepherds hanging out in the field at night, don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news, look at this phrase, of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is Messiah, the Lord. I want you to notice something about what the Bible says in Luke chapter 2. When the angels appeared to these shepherds, he said two, I think these angels said two really, really important things. They said that this will be a great joy and good news for all people. And then they said, by the way, this baby wasn't born just to Mary and just to Joseph. This baby was born for you shepherds. This baby was born for you in Australia or in Germany, or in the Philippines, or in South Africa, for you that are all over the United States, for you that are all over the world, this birth was a special birth for you. Here's what I want you to hear before we sing a couple more songs about this incredible child that was born for us 2,000 years ago in Israel. Joy and love, these two really go together like a hand goes inside a glove. Joy is the glove that wraps around love. Joy is what you experience when you have genuine love. And God's love was so great that when he brought forth his son, even though Mary and Joseph didn't have family around them, God wanted others to enjoy this. So God sent his angels out into the fields to go grab those shepherds and to go tell those shepherds, hey, you need to come see what just happened in Bethlehem. And by the way, if you want to know exactly where you're going to find this baby, don't go to the fancy house. Go to a stable and look inside a manger. That's where you're going to find the baby. You see, this Christmas, if you really want to enjoy Christmas, if you really want to enjoy the Christmas season, you do it through love. You do it by being loved and by loving others. This is the glove. Joy is the glove that fits on love, the hand of love. And as you love others, you start to enjoy your relationship with them. As you are loved by others, tonight on Christmas Eve or tomorrow when you are celebrating as a family and opening some gifts as a family, it is an act of love. What God really did on Christmas Day was shout to the world how much He loves us. And because of His great love, there was great joy for all people all over the planet for all times. Being loved by God and loving God should bring you joy just like being loved by family and loving others should bring you joy. Joy is the glove that fits on the hand of love. Joy and love, they go together like a hand 
goes inside a garage. So what we're going to do now is we're going to come to him and we're going to in, in, uh, we're going to adore him. We're going to sing a couple of more songs to just love and adore our great God as we worship him. And fathers, I'm going to ask you to show your family just how much Jesus means to you by being uh, the leader in your family as we sing these songs together. And then after we sing these songs, we're going to pause for a second. I'm going to explain communion. We're going to take communion as a family. And then I'm going to ask you to dim the lights and to light a candle and to go ahead and sing Silent Night together. Let's sing about how much we adore King Jesus together.
Jesus with birthday cake. So in just a second, what we're going to do is we're going to sing the song Silent Night together, and then we're going to share in some communion together. Now, dads, I want to really challenge you tonight. Tonight is a special night that your children will remember for many years. So when you do this act of communion, please remember that this is an event that is exclusively for God's children, for those of us who have been born again and have made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. But dads, I also wanna encourage you, God has appointed you to be the pastor of your family. So would you go ahead and serve your family communion tonight? I have in this little cup a wafer. It doesn't really matter what kind of bread it is. It can be bread made with yeast, bread made without yeast. I have in this cup some grape juice. Doesn't really matter what so much in this cup. But what this bread represents is the body of the perfect sinless Son of God that was broken and beat so that you and I could be made right with God in heaven. He gave his life up for our sins. And this event that we're going to do in just a second, it is a proclamation of the gospel. That word just means the good news. It is our way tangibly, physically, with touch and smell and taste of declaring that my sins required a sacrifice. And God loved me so much that he wouldn't leave me in my sins. So he sent his son Jesus to be born of a virgin in the town of Bethlehem, who lived a perfect life, who died the payment for my sins. The wages of sin is death, the book of Romans tells us. And so Jesus took on himself the payment for my sins. He poured his blood out for us. The book of Hebrews says, without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. Jesus became the sin offering so that when his cousin John the Baptist saw him, he could point to the crowds and get their attention on Jesus and say, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And what we're going to do in just a second in your home as a family is we're going to come to the Lord's table and we're going to take communion. And then after this act of communion is over with, I'm going to ask you to light a candle and I'm going to ask you to dim the lights in your house and watch on the screens as Pete and Alicia lead us in one more song as we sing Silent Night together. This Silent Night song will end our communion service tonight. But maybe you're watching this broadcast and maybe you realize for the first time that Jesus left heaven and came to earth for you. He went on a suicide mission so that he could become the payment necessary so that you could be made right with God. What I wanna do is pray for you tonight wherever you're watching this, wherever you live, I want to pray that tonight is the night that you experience the greatest 
Christmas gift of all times, that tonight you experience for the first time in your life the Holy Spirit of the living God. That tonight is the night you surrender your soul and turn from your sins and trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then after this prayer, I'm going to invite all of God's children to come to his table and to reflect back on what happened for us on the cross many years ago, but also to look forward with great joy at the good news that God is preparing a table for us where we will be able to enjoy a meal with him in his presence, and this meal will be able to eat with him face to face. Let me pray for you right now, and then we'll take some communion together. God in heaven, I lift up to you somebody who's watching this broadcast who may not know you as Savior. Maybe there's a child who's watching this and for the first time in their life, they're starting to realize that tonight is the night that they need to give their life to Jesus Christ. God, maybe there's a man who's made a mess of his life and a mess of his marriage and tonight is the night he needs to turn from his sins and to trust you for the first time as his Lord and Savior. God, maybe there's a woman watching this who is desperate. She's tried everything that she knows to do, but no matter what she tries, she can't find joy, can't find satisfaction in life because she's never really experienced your love, never really been loved by you and been able to love others like you've called her to love. So maybe tonight, God, you're calling somebody to turn from their sins and to trust you as Savior for the first time. Right there in their living room, would you help them to cry out this prayer of faith? It says, God, I believe you sent your son, Jesus. I believe he came in a miracle birth as a baby that you took on flesh and you dwelt among us. I believe that he lived on earth, um, lived a perfect, sinless life. And then I believe that because of my sin, because my sin needed a payment that Jesus was willing to go to the cross, that they took his body and they broke that body on the cross and that he gave up his life, that his blood was poured out for us and that he willingly went through this. He sacrificed this on our behalf. And God, right here, right now in my living room, I'm turning from my sins and I am turning to you for the first time. God, I'm asking you to move in. I'm asking you to do a miracle in my soul. I'm asking you to clean me up, and I'm asking you to make me into a new person. And God in heaven, you alone can hear the prayers uttered to you in faith. And God, if this prayer is sincere, I believe you hear it. I believe that you honor it. I believe that you are doing a Christmas miracle right now. Just like the miracle birth of your son, you're doing a miracle new birth in the heart of somebody who's crying out to you this prayer of faith for the first time. And then God is your people come to your table, and as they take communion together, God, would you make this a moment that we will remember for the rest of our lives? Father, I thank you for who you are, and I thank you for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, what we're going to do in your living room is, fathers, would you go ahead and serve your family communion? Maybe you can just take that bread and 
dip it in some juice or some wine and take the communion elements together. And then after you're done with that, I'm going to ask you to light a candle. I'm going to light this birthday candle. And I'm going to ask you to dim the lights because of the camera. I'm not going to be able to dim the lights, but I'm going to ask you to dim the lights. And I'm going to ask you to sing along with Pete and Alicia one more time as they lead us in the song Silent Night. And this song will close our broadcast tonight. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. God bless you. So mm-hmm.